All right, sir. Um, on today's episode of Above Board, uh, I wanted to have a chat with you about money out. of times people uh, like in the SaaS world or in the open world just talk about money they make yes and i think it's glossed over like what people spend money on when they should spend money and then how to priorities prioritize um how to make it go as far as it can go every single time yes yeah all right that's the episode thank you for listening to (laughs) 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 so I guess the first question is, can I have an XDR monitor? Ah, oh, yes, this this returning theme, this returning theme. How many XDR monitors? I know, absolutely. Well, you know what? I mean, that new monitor that's coming out, I mean, to be honest, you could get an XDR monitor, right? It's just, yeah. Uh, yes. But that's the thing, like, I don't want to spend, I don't want to spend our money on that at the moment. Dude, why but, don't you just get the one that I've got? Ah. <sighs> No, know, what do you mean? It's, it's fine. Everyone slags this monitor off. It's a good monitor. But the problem is I don't have a computer to plug it into, right? Like I'm on an iMac right now. I don't have a laptop. Uh, I think Apple's releasing some stuff this spring, probably not before we air this episode. So I'm just waiting. Like I know my computer isn't that great and it's really annoying to do graphics and video on at the moment, but it's also not a big enough pain to, to get something else yet because I, I'm just, I think there's going to be an iMac pro that comes out that does everything I want it to. And then I'll be happy. An M1 max or sorry, M2, M1 max. I don't even know. It could be an M1 pro or an M2 or something. I don't know what it's going to be. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess let's, let's back out of Apple products for a second. We have a lot of expenses, I guess. So no, we don't. <laughs> we have we have expenses and we spend, I guess what I was trying to say is we spend more money than other people in our position because our product is a premium product and we really try to have the best our infrastructure out there. And so, and well, that costs money. We that do cause best money. infrastructure out there. We don't try. We do true. Just a true. Kind of. Well, I mean, we tried and we that. succeeded. The initial <laughs> thought was we need, we want to have the best infrastructure, and then we did, and so we we succeeded. Don't there. be modest about it. We, <laughs> we worked hard on this. Don't be modest. We did. We spent hard on this. But so, how did I guess from a from an engineering side, how did because in the beginning, like we we weren't making great. Like when you came on board with Fathom, we weren't making very much money. <laughs> nope. We had to be careful. We. We would have decisions like, oh, no, I can't spend $400 on this database. Or even $200, I think, was a stretch for us. (laughs) We had to tread very carefully because we always wanted to have managed services because neither of us want to manage an extra service. So we want managed services at a cheap price. Well, we had to go with low-priced Heroku, which doesn't really make sense, I know. But... uh, we had to be really mindful of how much we were spending on Heroku, and that's where we started off. And you, you just it's such a different position when the revenue is low. 
because we can't have we can't spend thousands of dollars on infrastructure. We couldn't afford it. That that would put us out of business very quickly. So devil's advocate though, why not? Why not spend in the hopes that we'll recoup that and more later? Um yeah, we we could do that and that actually with fathom would have worked. Uh but I suppose well, yeah, we could have done that. We could have done that. Like you could have, we could have it both didn't put feel, money. So to, to answer my own devil's advocate question, I didn't like, I don't think either of us wanted to run our business in that way. We wanted to spend based on, um, can I talk about how we do forecasting or no? Yeah. We just talked about it on. <laughs> yeah, true. We just talked about it. On I mean, last week, episode. two weeks ago, we just, <laughs> whenever that episode with Brian launched. Mm. So we, don't spend based on what we think we're going to make. We spend based on what we have and based on forecasting that is as conservative as hyper, it could possibly hyper be. Hyper conservative. Like worst case scenario forecasting is is how we, we budget our, our money out. We run the average across the last, I think, I want to, I think I said two years in the last episode. I think it's, maybe it's under two years, but we take actual numbers from the past for month over month growth. And we have actually maintained around the same rate of growth month over month. We have some months where it doubles, um, some months where it's it's not doubled. Uh, this is the percentage growth, I mean. And um, not, the, not the MRR before you get mm-hmm. any ideas. But like say it's 6%, it might go to 12%, like that kind of stuff. It, that's what I mean by doubling. So we don't factor in a percent. We're not expecting it to be exponential. Now, it's likely that it will go exponential. And that's what's happened since we started our business. It's been exponentially growing. Mm-hmm. But we project using pessimistic forecasts because we never want to be caught slipping and not be able to afford stuff. Because there are businesses that assume they're going to keep on growing at the same percent or even double their growth because they're bringing on a, someone here, they're bringing on someone in sales, they're going to double their growth, blah, blah, blah. We don't do that. We operate with pessimism. And that's helped us a lot. It's helped keep us very stable. Yeah, I mean, and even going back to the infrastructure thing, it's hard to spend on infrastructure to make it the best and then see that, oh, well, this fork, this super optimistic forecasting isn't working out. Let's scale it back. Like you can't, you can't sell the world's fastest analytics and then scale it back later to be like, oh, no, we're kind of fast analytics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it just doesn't work. So we had to be super sure in the the money that we were generating to ensure that we could ne- we can't go backwards on, on what we spend money on for infrastructure right so and hindsight's easy by the way like you know i say you know yeah. we could have we could have invested our money we would have got it back but at the same time you know you spend what you can afford when you're bootstrapping i think and i'm very aware that people with funding do things differently and even some bootstrappers who have got a lot of money that they want to invest people do things differently both of us are very conservative when it comes to money. We're both, uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't say we're like budget conscious. I mean, we're responsible with money. Mm-hmm. We don't spend more than we make. And we apply the exact same thing to the business. And what it means is that we're now two years into the business. We have no debt. We are profitable every single month. And we're not worried about having to make up for lost money due to investment. A lot of people won't be comfortable with this, but this is how we run business and it's working for us. 
Yeah, and I'm glad because I did shoot the idea of I could invest personally in Fathom to grow it faster. Yeah. What if and, I just put 50 grand into Fathom? It's like, no, because no, if you do that, we then have to pay you back yeah. money. Why don't we live, yeah, live, I, live below I, our means? Yeah, I'm glad. We, uh, yeah, I'm glad we didn't do it. Even at the time, I was like, I think this might be a good idea. And you wanted to do it, and I'm yeah, like, I did want to do it, yeah. but I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad now in hindsight that we didn't. Yeah. I think the, the other, the other, the other thing that I kind of want to talk about. I don't know how much we can talk about it, but like as we bring people into the fold in Fathom, whether they're they're contractors mm-hmm. or, or workers mm-hmm. or that, I feel res- I feel responsible. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, and I think. Every correct me if I'm wrong, but I think everybody that we've brought on is on retainer. I'm just thinking about it. Like, yeah, everyone's on retainer. It's, it's effectively so we like have to make to sure them. we have that money to pay them every single month. And I never want to be in a position where I'm stressed about that. Hundred percent agree. And and well, I I spoke to someone yesterday. We've can we can we say are you happy to say on air? Let's do it. We are bringing on a full time engineer and. We're very excited about that. Like but ridiculously convers- excited. Oh yeah, I'm like suppressing my excitement. <laughs> yeah. I just wanna, um, one in the conversation because obviously we're still a startup. One of the things he asked about was longevity of the business, and I said, "Look, we're, we're we've been profitable every single month. Obviously, in the early days, we were what's it called where you're not taking a, a significant salary, but you're still profitable. You're not you're not getting paid for your time. Not actually profitable. Okay." <laughs> If you don't factor in you having a, a living wage, it's not profitable yet. It's 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 moving okay. in that direction, I think, and that's a good thing. I'm not putting down businesses that do that, but I think until you get to the point where you're paying the people who are involved in the business a wage that they're happy with, then it's not profitable. Fine. Okay. <laughs> so we weren't technically profitable in that respect, but we never we didn't run negative then. Oh no, we didn't run negative. Yes. yes. And so I, yesterday, you know, he was asking about longevity, and I said, "Look, we have done, you know, the forecast I spoke about. We've done it for three years uh, with the expenses we've assumed, and this doesn't happen every month, but we've assumed a a jump in expenses every single month. We've assumed slow growth that doesn't increase at all, and is just going to be like it has been in the past, where we've had, you know, less customers." Uh, we've assumed you know, high taxes and everything else. We factored this all in, and so yeah, factored we, in we, our charitable component too. Oh yeah, well that's that's now automatic on mm-hmm. on the Stripe. I'm so glad we did that. That's yeah, two percent. We use Stripe Climate. We were before we were doing one percent Stripe Climate and one percent to another charity. It's just like an extra thing to manage, and now Stripe just does it all for us. And both of us are excited about where carbon rem- removal is headed. Because like I want to just I want to be able to do stuff. I'd love a world where I could just do stuff, and I could truly pay for a carbon offset to the point where it actually carbon removal, where it actually instantly removes it. And we've spoken about this, and obviously we've still got a lot of a lot of a way to go. But imagine if you could take a flight, and technology is at the point where it could truly carbon offset that flight, like properly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to fly again unless it's an emergency, to be honest. So the flight's a bad example of that. Canada privilege for you. (laughs) No family in another country privilege is what I'd call that. I mean, it takes me longer to go to see my family driving than it takes for you to go see your family flying. (laughs) (laughs) Think think about it. (laughs) So I think this is, I think it's, doing things the way that we have done it has made us move slowly yes like we could have moved far faster not doing it this way 
But I also think in doing it this way, it's set us up for the for sustainability and success in in the long term. We can actually afford to hire these people. We're not just hiring them and hoping that we'll get product market fit and then make this much revenue which again i'm not having a go by the way people do this and everyone's got a different comfort level and risk tolerance we're, we're very conservative with our finances so like we we are now in a position where we can afford the people we're hiring and like sure we could we could have hired and we would have run in run a negative but then you have to pay that negative back and i just i don't like that idea i hate the idea of being even $100,000 in the hole and knowing that we have to pay that back somehow just doesn't make me feel good. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm the same. And I think it comes down to, like you said, personal comfort. Like, I don't I don't want to go into debt personally for anything other than my mortgage. And even my mortgage, I'm like, ah, just when can I fucking pay this off and be done with it? Because <laughs> like, I hate, I hate owing money, even if it's to a bank who honestly wants me to owe them money, right? Yeah, and I've, in my, in my um, I won't say where I guess, but I've known stories where people have not made payroll for people, and it's because they're effectively expecting something to go a certain way, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. And I've never in my life wanted to be in a position where my decision to do something is heavily weighing on this thing here to go right. So that's why I really like our. I mean, like you've said before, like who cares about our projections to an extent, but having these worst case scenario projections, it just like helps us, you know, be sure that we can sustain things. Mm-hmm. We, we don't do projections in the way that, oh, we have to grow this month over month. We're like, no, this is our worst case scenario, basically. Yeah. We don't, we don't have like, um, what's it called in sales where you have them quotas. We, we don't have like sales quotas for each other. Like, oh, dude, you didn't sell $20,000 worth of fathom this month. Like, mm-hmm. uh oh. What happens if a competitor comes in and takes all of your customers? Like, yeah, okay. You're in a market that is definitely big enough. And guess what? You adapt. Yeah. That's never, I don't think that's like, unless you're playing a game where you need to have such domination of a marketplace where if a competitor comes in and takes like half of your customers, then you look like, we're not that. We're not trying to dominate anything. We're trying to just be sustainable with a niche of the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I do. I am super excited uh, to bring this person on uh, to work with us. I wonder, are, are they going to listen to this show? Are they going to be on this show? I don't even know how that's going to work. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, who is it? And like, literally, he doesn't have an online profile or, or presence. Um, this is my old apprentice from years and years ago. Yeah. And so like, I, that's another thing. I want to work with people that I know I can trust, that I've not necessarily that I've worked with them before, but trust is a really big thing. And I know he's good at, I know he's good at programming. I know he's a good communicator and I trust him. Like I would, um, obviously we'll work up to production access, but I trust him with production access is the level mm-hmm. I'm at with him. So yeah, I think that's how we've approached all the folks that we brought on board is we trust them to do what we're paying them to do because neither yep. of us wants to manage or micromanage folks like we also don't have time like i want to do the things that i do in fathom you want to do the things that you want to do in fathom and like managing people eight hours a day sounds boring to me like some people that's what they do for a living and i'm not there's no knock against that but for me i don't want that yeah so and i think some people are probably listening to this like aren't you the company of one guy like why did you bring on somebody oh yes 
there's nowhere (laughs) there's nowhere in the book where i said never hire there's nowhere in the book where i said don't grow right it's just the the point of the book the point of the company of one mindset is to consider how you grow before you do it which is what we have done and we've had like some day or even i've had some days where it's just been like I just like if we just had somebody else helping us with yes. development, like you brought it up a few times. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it's interesting too, because you and I talked about this at the, at the beginning of this year where the, it impacts my job as mm-hmm. well, yep. where we're a software company. Like it makes sense to have the most resources on building the software because then me on the on the on the product side like i can do more i can put my design work to better use i can put my creating marketing pages and graphics and blog mm-hmm. posts and that yep. for the for the new things that we release like i can put all that to work I, we can put to work the um the seo person that we have on board she can help us more with seo stuff as we release more things the writer that we have on board she can help us more with writing blog posts as we release features and she can touch on these things so I, I think it, it because we're such a, a product-driven company, having the ability and the, the resources to work on product, like this is something we've considered, Jack and I have considered internally for a very long time. This is something where it's been uh, a pain point for us internally for a very long time. So this growth wasn't just like, oh, we're doing well, let's just hire as many people. It's like, no, we... We thought about this a lot. Another thing I just thought of, totally non sequitur, is we need to send him a cat hoodie. I think we sent oh, everybody yeah. else that works with us a cat hoodie. We do. Yeah. And a welcome basket or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of my old friends, really good friends, uh, had a really good saying for, what, for, for, your, uh, for where you are. You can't start a fire without a spark. <laughs> and so you've got this stuff that you want to do and you need that spark for it to turn into a fire like for you to run with it. That's it. And I think being honest with that, and I think I was in the way of that a little bit too, you know, and and I kind of had to, um, I had to actually really think about it and think about what that would look like and think about how it would affect me. Because, you know, working with another developer, you know, this is this is like my baby, the, the PHP code in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to just change my mindset a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to cover this, cover this baby in tests and I'm going to let people have no this is it i'm going back on the baby analogy but letting other people come in and actually put some code into the code base and help me and i think biologic not biologically but i'm not good at asking people for help i don't think like i'm very much of i want to do something i want to do it myself seems like a pretty typical trait for entrepreneurs though like the type of people that start businesses are the type of people that want to do things themselves so yeah, and having control hard. over what you're working on and stuff, and I think I just need to. I think I needed to realize that that's my ego at play. I need to put that aside, and it was also it became a case of what's best for the company. And I'd never really thought about how it was impacting you, and how you need that that spark. Like you need it. Like that's 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 how we grow. That's how we function. And if you're being deprived of that oxygen, well, then that's not ideal. So that made me really think. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad we, uh, it's hard though. Like we have these like big decisions to make um, mm. throughout the course of the the life of the business. And it's like with me putting money personally into the business, I'm glad we didn't make that decision. It was something <laughs> we thought about. In us having like a premium or a freemium model, I'm glad we didn't 
I'm glad we didn't go that route. I'm glad we stuck to the the free trial route. Like it's hard because like in hindsight, you can see, oh yeah, that was such a great decision or that was such a stupid decision. But when you're in it, when the, when you don't have data to support or reject the hypothesis that you have, because you, you don't always have the data, even with like price, even with like how we price the product. In the beginning, it was hard to, it was hard to price it perfectly because we didn't know how much like a page view cost at volume, right? And our infrastructure, well, I guess, changed a whole lot as well. But fi- like, yeah, it's fixed cost now, so it is mm-hmm. different. Dude, we do have uh, some of our competitors published 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 data, and we can see we can see their economics, mm-hmm. and I love that because we have it's helped us helped guide us with our decisions and i go holy shit we could have done xyz and we would have been like them and i would our life would have been our lifestyle would not be the same we would have uh, way more stress like i can't even imagine Uh, the economics just don't work and we're lucky that we have people that put that data out into the world for us yeah so Um, thank you competitors we really we honestly really do appreciate that (laughs) Yeah, so that's that helped validate some decisions that we made. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, oh, I'm in such a trolling mood. I'm in a really, really happy mood, and I'm in. A, when I get in a happy mood, I turn into a wind up. So, <laughs> sorry, competitors, we love you really. Um, well, I'm sorry. Th- that's the thing. Up. Like as we're recording this, we just found out that this guy can can is like leaving his job to work for Fathom, and it is such a good feeling that we're we're having this person on board. So. I can think of absolutely no reason not to do this. I'm actually really excited about it. So if you're 100% happy, I will hand my notice in tomorrow morning. Yes. I mean, I'm excited. I'm a little bit scared because um, this oh, is a responsibility. But like you and I went through the num- before we made the offer to him, we went through the numbers and we're like well, numbers wise, we can do it. Yeah, it's more a case of I need to switch myself around. I need to be ready to uh, pair on tuple to be uh to not you know not overwhelm the new developer to kind of yeah. work through things and, and make sure that he's understanding everything well yeah we have to move slower um at the start of this because yeah. you need to teach him and show him how everything how everything works and get him up to speed and that's not i don't expect that to happen in days well then i like not in days but here's the thing as well i'm going to be diving into the code of him on tuple and we're actually going to be building things because that's yeah. how I like to teach and refactoring things. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're pushing production code within the first month. That's amazing. I also he think that what? is great. Not to not to pat you on the back or anything, but I do actually think you are a phenomenal teacher. So oh, even the way that you like you and I hop on Tuple and like you show me how to do simple, simple, simple things in the back end. Um, so I like I can I can do some of the stuff, and I think that that is really helpful. And it's good to have somebody who is both willing because I don't that not everybody's willing to to teach uh, other people their skills but to I think it, you have and I'm glad you've taught a course now like I'm really <laughs> like it is not a fathom thing because that's your that's your project that's your revenue all of that but I'm glad you've done that because you got kind of into that mode of okay it's one thing to know something but it's yeah. another thing to be able to teach other people what you know about that thing Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know that space well. It's <laughs> it's a different territory, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I I'm so happy. I, it's uh, yeah. It's hard not to jump about. I gotta I gotta tell my wife as well. So I'm <laughs> yeah. as well. I told mine yesterday that we that we made him an offer, and she's like, "Are you gonna send him a cat hoodie?" I'm like, "That's a good <laughs> idea." 
We had to tell Jack we got to send him a cat hoodie. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah so we, we definitely run a business. I, I think we run it unconventionally. We're not running any debt. We don't have any lines of credit with the business. And we're very lucky to be in this position. And, and you know, I, I privileges privilege is real, right? Um, different privileges in life, different advantages, disadvantages. We do have the advantage that both of us, like you're a, like a designer of 20 plus years. I've been writing code since I was 13. You know, I, I came from a stable household, um, like single parent, but like stable household, you know, I was able to learn this in the mm-hmm. evenings and stuff. I didn't have, you know, my dad wasn't beating the shit out of my mum. Like a lot of privileges in life that helped me get to where I was. And um, because of this, we kind of had a really stable foundation to do what we're doing. Like you were financially secure. Um, I'm financially secure. I also have my course, which really helped. And we've been able to run the business like this. We need to also acknowledge that like not everyone's going to be the same. Some people yeah. will need funding to do it. The only thing I would say is like, do try and be mindful about spending your money in, <laughs> I don't want to say the right way because that's what <laughs> is the right way. But just keep in mind that you need to make that money back at some point. So it's not just his free money, spend it. Yeah. It's, and let's it- try and spend this efficiently. Yeah. And I think if you are taking funding, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that, as, as you said, but I think it's important to just like you and I had this, the conversation initially, like not just the product that we wanted to make, but the business that we wanted to build together, like does that line up? And I think whether it's with a co-founder or whether it's with investors, it's important to have those conversations. Like if you take money from somebody do they expect you to ramp up and hire like 20 30 people to have butts in chairs like the next mm. month yeah. or like does that vision line up um with and i mean i i can say this now as, as somebody who invests uh who's like an lp in a bunch of funds where they do value slow growth and calmly running businesses and that sort of thing so there are funds out there that do that i know because i'm, I'm part of a couple mm-hmm. right so i think that however you do it and i do think in the beginning like you and i were were lucky that we were in a place where we could run our business the way we wanted to when it wasn't paying us and we knew that that was temporary. Otherwise, we would have shut it down. Like, I, I wouldn't still be doing Fathom if it wasn't making enough money for us to pay ourselves a, a wage, right? But in the beginning, we knew that we could not work on Fathom full-time, but still work on Fathom, knowing that we had revenue coming in from other places to get it to that place. Yeah. And and something else, the difference between businesses and, and calm is definitely is definitely what we do. Um, people have, like you said, different risk appetites. Mm-hmm. So venture capital, and again, you know that you know this better than me. The difference between VC and someone like you know Rob Walling or Tyler uh, Gingris, Gingris, uh, like some people want high risk and high reward. They want to spend all this money. So you need to actually, and I love you. I always t- I say this to people. I actually send them to this. You wrote a blog post called Enough, and like the whole theme of that is just thinking about your life and what you want your life to look like and that kind of thing. But when you're going into running a business, you might want high risk, high reward. You might want to get all the capital in and, and just take a huge shot. You're not really fussed about making it profitable or sustainable in the in the first two to three to four to five years. It's all about taking high risks. It's uh, I just say just be aware of what you're doing. Don't think that you're going to run a business like Fathom. Oh, I need to get capital because you're not. We we run things very differently. And if you're on the other end of the uh, of the spectrum, I suppose, and you like a kind of karma, lower risk, lower reward. Um, oh, like lower reward feels 
absolutely stupid to say because that's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is if you're looking to get a huge exit, a huge acquisition versus if you're looking to run like they used to um, look at it negatively and call it a, oh, you're just running a lifestyle business. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like you, people talk shit about you. It's like every business should be a lifestyle. Have you said this before? Am I repeating what you've said? Every business yeah, should I've be written a, a bunch of articles business. saying that. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, was yeah. the name of one of the articles yeah, yeah, is that yeah. every okay. business should be a lifestyle what, business. Whatever, fine. <laughs> but every business should be a lifestyle business, in my opinion. It should fit. And some people's lifestyle is boom or bust. Some people's lifestyle is, hey, I like running a business. I want to give value to the world. I want to help people with their businesses. Let's uh, let's do this nice and slow. Let's listen to our customers. Let's let's spend time with our partners and not get a divorce and just escape to the golf course. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't understand golfing, but that's not the point of the story that you just told. <laughs> a billion dollar acquisition is more important than my, my child and my partner. All I care yeah. about is that exit. I mean, all I, I care about like is that. making a penis shaped rocket and sending it to Mars. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing after Fathom. That is not, that's now part of the Fathom bingo game. It is. I've got to mention the penis shaped rocket ship every time. And- Real time now, someone just since we're talking about the Fathom bingo game, I'll mention Cloudflare. Someone who with a blue check mark just tweeted that Cloudflare should buy Fathom for its analytics system. Um, I it think is better. Might rep- I think, <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, I might reply saying 100 million to an animal charity and 500 million to us. Yeah. And then see if we get any, any takes. <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. Cool. I mean, right. th- yeah. Anything else you wanted to cover with regards to spending? I think we covered our baseline philosophy. Yeah. Covered what we spend on. We spend on things that bring value to the business. Um, we we will definitely will pay a premium for things like for our accounting. We spend more than most people will spend on accounting, even businesses that might be bigger than us. Well, we actually spend because- money on legal. <laughs> and. Le- no, I wasn't talking about. Yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought uh, you were yeah. even a troll a bit more. No, 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 it wasn't even. It wasn't even a troll. Yeah. Like we'll spend out on high value services like our accounting. They do everything for us. They, they set up the software. They have everything linked together. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful, and we we pay a premium for that. Mm-hmm. We pay premiums for the best possible lawyers, and I don't know if I can say this on air, but we share we share lawyers with some huge like gigantic companies mm-hmm. and that always surprised me but you know that's really cool um yeah obviously we we spend a bit of money on giving back we've got a few sponsorships of people on github that we feel are really giving value to the community uh, we have our affiliates obviously we have yeah. amazon our database um SaaS services and yeah consultants and equipment yeah and it works well, and we keep track of it as well. Yeah. We, we use software to keep track of it because we're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. I think this was hopefully a good episode. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And yeah, we'll we'll see you next time on the Above Board podcast from Use Fathom. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>